Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back, everybody, to Grounds for Discussion. I am Becky. And I'm Laura. And today we are talking about the book Animal Farm. And I am just going to say up front, this is an ish podcast. We're talking about (laughs) Animal (laughs) Farm-ish because as we kind of mapped out and planned like what we were going to discuss today a little bit, we're both, you know, kind of not feeling it really. (laughs) We're just, we're just being honest here. So, you know, we will, of course, talk about the book a little bit, but if some other books are thrown in there... So be it, right? All the better, right? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, how can we stick to one book, right? I mean, we do it way too often. So I feel like (laughs) this is our chance. (laughs) All right. So I am so excited to tell you about my coffee today. Ooh, what you got? Because I tried something new. I feel like these podcasts are just like, uh, you know, a way for me to try new coffee. That's so. where I'm at. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you, I'm glad you've joined me. <laughs> it's fun, you know, to experiment. So, yesterday I was at Walmart with Nathan and I saw this um, Starbucks concentrate, which I don't know, Laura, it could have been out forever, but I have never tried it before. <laughs> I- I don't know what that is. I don't, you know, well, I'm not I, familiar with it. So I, I, I don't, I mean, it's pretty much just coffee, but concentrate. So okay. the, um, the flavor was, they had a couple different flavors, but I chose coconut chocolate. Ooh. So what you do is you fill up a cup with ice. You do, I did half a cup of the concentrate and I did half a cup of water. Cause that's what the instructions say. And then I put in a little bit of my latte protein shake as like a creamer and then something that I have been doing lately um I'm making my own whipped cream (laughs) well yeah so I did heavy whipping cream a little bit of uh stevia and just a little bit of coconut extract whipped it up put it on top it's amazing and you know what Nice. Since I've been starting to make my own drinks, I'm like, I feel like I can enjoy this coffee better at home than if I go to Starbucks and get a drink because they can't make it the way that I want. Yes. Yeah. So totally. I like as soon as I drank my first my first sip, I was like, man, this is good. Like (laughs) I am my own little barista and I'm loving it. That is awesome. I love it. I know that feeling. Yes. 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 So that's what I'm drinking this morning. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel the same way because I I feel like I can't just be like saying the exact same thing every time. I know. So I have to try some things. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right? I mean. Totally get it. I mean, it's important that I try different things. That's right. It's almost like your job, you know? Exactly. I mean, it's. Basically, my job. That Basically, a job that you're um, being paid for. Yes, but. exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but it's still an important job, and someone exactly. has to do it. Exactly. So, um, but what I love about what you just said is that I like cold, like I like iced 
coffee yes. a lot of times. Yes. And but I feel like a lot of the ones that you buy, and if you're not going to make it yourself, which I sometimes I haven't done it in a while, but I used to make my own cold brew. But I feel yeah. like I use it up really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I like to buy the 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 jugs of it. You know. Yeah. Um. But the problem with the jugs is that I a lot of times I feel like they're not strong enough. Me. Yes. Yes, Laura. So I agree. That's what I love about the idea of a concentrate because you can water it down as much as you exactly. want or as little as that's you want. That's exactly what I thought too, Laura, because I it said, you know, do half a cup and half a cup. And I was thinking the same thing because I bought at Aldi, they had like just the Starbucks cold brew and I tried it and it was not strong enough for me, like yeah. you said. So yes. with the concentrate, I think next time I make this, I am going to put less water in or maybe more make concentrate because yeah. I do like it really strong. So anyway, yes. go ahead. So that's what I love about what you just said. And yes, yeah. making your own whipping cream. I mean, come on, come on. I, know. I do it all the time. I know. Um. <laughs> in fact, when I bought it, when I bought the heavy whipping cream at Aldi, I went, I just like ran into Aldi and got just the whipping cream and the cashier, I promise you that every time I go into Aldi, somebody says something about what I buy. So the the cashier was like, oh, what, uh, something about, are you making your own ice cream? <laughs> and I was like, um, no, I just like to make something special to go on top of my coffee, you know, that, yeah. And she was just like, oh my goodness, you know, like... <laughs> Never heard is of this before. This is strange. I mean, do people not? But I, I don't understand why. Well, I mean, I, I grant you probably know. most people do half and half, but yeah, is it that odd? I mean, okay. I think she was um. thinking that's a little bit too luxurious or something. Oh, but. okay. Not in my world. <laughs> Lady, if you don't make your own whipped cream for your coffee, you're missing out. You're missing that's out. That's what I should have said. <laughs> just telling you that's awesome so uh, i too feel like i get permission to like go try new things so today i went and grabbed a coffee at starbucks and yeah um thinking of you i got an iced americano because i had okay. one in a long time mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna lie it's a little more bitter than i remember oh but yeah. Yeah. But, it, but that's okay i mean i can deal with it um yeah. but anyway i had them add some uh toffee <laughs> nut and then when I got home, I put in a little, just a little bit of half and half for a little uh-huh. bit of creamy. Yeah. Or um, maybe it was whipping. I can't remember. I keep both. But anyway. Yeah. And then um, and then some coconut milk. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, so we're I both like it. Going with the coconut it's de- but it's feel. definitely a little more bitter than I remember. But yeah, I still yeah. like it. Yeah. I, in fact, it always like that's my treat at Starbucks. Uh, yes. Like a an americano with like a puff yes. of caramel or one puff of mocha or something yes um and i it always does like shock me a little bit of how bitter it is because when i make my coffee at home i feel like my coffee is not bitter because of how i make it i totally agree i know i totally agree but i think the difference is because you're because the americano is espresso if the espresso isn't made i mean i don't mean to be a jerk but correctly it can be bitter you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I th- I think it can be, and some of that's not even the barista's fault. I'm not trying to be like, yeah, know, they don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Um, but it that that is the difference between coffee 
an espresso where espresso can, if it's not done right, it really can kind of be bitter. Yeah. Um, so I get why it, that's the case. And it's not enough to bother me. I'm not like, right. oh, right. it's just like, oh, I'm yeah, still that's gonna right. buy I forgot. It. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still good. It's still good. It's right. just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's got kind of those bitter notes more, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I still like anyway. Yeah. So that's what I am drinking today. So if you hear clinkety clink clink of the ice, yes. I apologize, yeah. but not enough to stop. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm doing so, too. I'm drinking yes. as we go because, yes, oh, and exactly. by the way, so um, I switched back to caffeine because. Oh, you're drinking caffeine again? Yes. Why? Wow. Because of David? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, am I allowed to say that? Yes. No, it's fine. Okay. So we okay. did kind of a. <laughs> foster situation a little bit that's how I describe it it's a little bit you know not quite foster yeah that's not it's not a um, traditional yeah you know there's a lot of details behind it but we had a little baby in our home for a little over two weeks and let me tell you if anything will get you back on the caffeine like a baby (laughs) yes oh uh, my goodness well the thing is I mean you like I was I, I, I don't know why this didn't occur to me but like I didn't realize until you had him where I was like, oh my gosh, you never did that exactly. Yeah. Like you, you did, you kind of did because you were up at, you were probably up at different hours. I with was. Yeah. But you weren't up every two hours all night because he wasn't right. there. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't there. However, I was still maybe TMI for too many people, but oh, I was that's pumping. Right. You were, I was pumping. Yes, that's so, true. That's you know, true. I was so. up in the night, but I wasn't up in the night with him, which is a difference. Yes. I mean, that's a difference. Definitely. It's different, but sleep-wise, it's not. So I kind of forgot right. you you were. So you have done it. Yeah. It's just been a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. It is different. It's much better with a baby. <laughs> it's much more fun, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because at least you can look at them and be like, oh, they're so cute. I'm so tired. Exactly. But they're so cute. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's a good change or a bad change, but welcome I, back to our side. Yes. I don't know either, but I'm I'm going with it. <laughs> I, you're not going to try to, like, wean off or anything? Or What's are you? the point, you know? I mean... You know, I mean, exactly. if I start to get headaches or whatever, then maybe, but I'm perfectly content just drinking whatever, whenever, however gotcha. long. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, so we've probably gabbed enough about our addiction. Well, let's um, face it. We don't have much to gab about when it comes to Animal Farm. <laughs> it's fairly accurate. Oh, so, um, okay, Laura. So, let's yeah, give me the skinny here. Rip the band-aid off. All right, let's do it. All right, so can you just give a little, um, for those of you who haven't read it, or maybe it's been a long time, because I'm sure it was required reading at some point in your life. Yes. Can you give a little synopsis of the book? Sure. So, the book starts out on Manor Farm with... Um, all these animals gathering together in the barn to listen to old major who is an old um, pig and he has had like a dream or something basically that um, there will be a day when the animals 
are in charge and they have control of their own destinies and they don't have to work for the farmer. Um, and this is like his dream. Like he thinks this is going to be so great. Someday this will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he actually dies. And then basically what happens is the rest of the animals, the, it happens. They have a revolution and they kick the farmer out mm -hmm. and his, in his family, they kick him out um, so that they can run the farm their own way and not have to be ruled by the farmer. And so um, basically over the course of, I mean, I don't know, a couple of years, maybe um, the pigs are basically sort of in charge and um, there's these two pigs that sort of have different ideas of how they should run the farm. And um, one of the pigs, Napoleon, ends up kind of running off the other pig, Snowball. And so that he can basically be the head honcho and not have anyone um, detracting from his ideas or questioning him. And so they... Um, all the other animals basically just accept that he's like the leader, he's in charge, um, whatever he says must be the right thing, you know, don't question it, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so this, this pig, Napoleon, he comes up with these rules or these commandments or whatever you want to call them for the farm, at which they now call Animal Farm because they don't like the association with Manor Farm. Mm -hmm. Because I think that just is like a, you know, it's a connection to a, a structure that they just, they right. don't have anymore and they don't agree with. Right. So it's now called Animal Farm. So anyway, um, so Napoleon, um, he comes up with these rules and I think there were like maybe seven or something, but anyway, um, he comes up with these rules of what should always, it should always be like on Animal Farm. Um, so for instance, one of them is like no animal will ever kill another animal. Mm -hmm. No animal will ever, um, wear clothes, no animal, you know, like there's just all yeah. these things and it's really just a negation of what came before. Like, you know, whatever it was before we do the opposite is basically yeah. what it comes yeah. down to. Um, no animal is going to sleep in a bed, you know, mm -hmm. just these, these different rules. Um, and then I think the kind of the almost the main one is supposed to be that no animal or all animals are equal. Yes. So, um, but over the course of a couple of years, these animals work the farm themselves and they have these ideas that they try to implement. For instance, they try to they try to build this windmill so that they won't have to work as hard. Um, and over the course of that time, you can see slowly the rules kind of changing where everything sort of shifts in favor of the pigs and specifically Napoleon, but mm -hmm. the, all the, you know, where the pigs kind of slowly, but surely, um, become like the le the ruling class right. and everybody else is lesser. Yeah. Um, so and by there, the end of the book, it's there's basically too, like, yes, yeah. <clears throat> Hierarchy. So, and... Yes, exactly. So, and then by the end of the book, it's like all of the rules have slowly, one by one, been changed. Mm -hmm. And it's always kind of done overnight. So they'll literally, because they wrote these rules on the side of a barn mm -hmm. in paint. 
And by the end, every single one of them has been changed secretly. And the animals just kind of go along with it because they think they must have misremembered how that rule went. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, um, you know, the, the pigs start wearing or they I, I think they start they start sleeping in beds for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the animals are like, wait a minute, I thought we weren't supposed right. to sleep in beds. And they go back and look at the commandment and it's been changed to no animal will sleep in a bed with sheets mm-hmm. because the sheets are the part that's really um terrible and represents a ruling class and whatnot. Um, And of course they're always changed like in the middle of the night when nobody sees it. So it's always different by the time they look at it again. Right. And of course some of the animals can't read and some can. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's a very unequal situation. But anyway, um, so yeah. So by the end, the biggest thing is they, they are kind of like, wait a minute, they're starting to realize that all animals are not equal and they go back and look at the commandment on the barn and it says all animals are equal except some animals which are more equal Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't remember the wording exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's the basic story, um, in a nutshell. Right. Um, the final scene is all of the animals hear something going on in the manor farm, um, like a, it's just loud and noisy in there and the pigs have been living in there for a while. Yeah. Um, but they're not, the animals aren't really allowed in, so they don't really know what's been going on inside the house. Um, but they hear a ruckus. So all the animals kind of gather around the windows and they're peeping in and trying to figure out what's going on in there. And they, they witness a scene of, um, the pigs with all these neighboring farmers Mm -hmm. and people that they're supposed to hate and be enemies of, Um, And they're, like, having a feast and, like, toasting to their, you know, progress and how um, they're going to be in cooperation with each other. And um, this is going to be a new era for um, Manor Farm, you know, Drop Mike. Um, They've changed the name back to Manor Farm. Mm. Anyway, so that's the basic plot line. That was um, good. You did well. <laughs> thank you. It, t- it always takes me a minute, but I approve. I, I get somewhere. Um, <laughs> I can't condense it. I'm not good at that. But um, so anyway, uh, yeah, like where where do you want to start, Beck? Oh, well. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> so okay. let's get the obvious out of the way. I this was is just going to say. This is, yes. This is an al- allegorical yeah. Satirical yeah. work. And I'll give you this. It's short. Yes. He didn't, he didn't yes. ramble on about it. Yes. He didn't drag it out. Yep. Yeah. It it's very it's pretty concise, point. which yep. I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I don't hate Animal <sighs> Farm. I'm going to put that out right now. I don't hate Animal Farm. Yeah. But I definitely feel like it's one of those books where it, it does make a good point. Yes. Um, but it's not something I really like think about regularly and maybe I should because mm. there are always, um, inequities and hierarchies in yes. any society. Yes. So I guess maybe the takeaway is think about what are those in our society and how can I, especially as a follower of Christ, find ways to bridge yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the obvious takeaway from the book is that when we try to just fix it as humans, Right. It doesn't work. Right. Um, 
So we need well, Christ. and also when you put your trust in humans, and when you put your yes faith in the system, and expect yes. the system to change, uh, people's behaviors and uh, right. attitudes, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I mean, I, I, but I I do find it ironic though because, you know. George Orwell sees the the problem yes. very clearly. I'm not sure he saw the solution as clearly because yeah. he was a socialist. I was so, just going to say he was like part of the problem, right? Like he saw the problem, well, but he also so, believed in socialism. Yes, but so here's the thing. In our in our in the West, I think we tend to see um socialism and communism and, you know, fascism as all the same thing. And there really are mm. um, ideological differences yeah. between them. Um, so, like, socialism versus communism, yeah. to me, it's a fine line. But to a socialist or a communist, it's not at all. Right, Like, right. they see those very differently. Right. So, you know, with socialism, I mean, I feel like the idea is supposed to be that the... I mean, yeah, I, I honestly don't see a big difference, so I'm not yeah. sure I could even define it to you. Yeah. But but in their minds, there's there's a big difference. Yeah. So maybe I should have done more research on what the difference mm. is, because to me, I'm not getting it. I'm like, yeah. how is this different exactly? Like, it always ends up as the exact same thing, which is right. a few people ruling everybody. Um. So... I looked up <clears throat> the difference, and, and this says that the main difference is that under communism, most property and economic resources are owned and controlled by the state, um, and under socialism, all citizens share equality in economic resources, as al allotted by the elected government. Okay, see, and to me... Okay, I get that so, that's different. Right. Um, you know, obviously I do I do think that is one of the main things about communism is that you you basically don't own anything. You mm -hmm, know, like you're mm -hmm. like all the land is collective. All mm -hmm. the resources are collective. All the, you know, but the problem obviously becomes who distributes the collective. Right. You know, who distributes right. that? Because then that person is still the one in charge. Exactly. It seems obvious, right? Right. Um, but I don't get how in socialism it's going to be much different because if you're still trying to have a share, share things, even if uh -huh. it's not, okay, say like land or whatever, uh -huh. but if you're still trying to share everything, isn't there still going to be who is someone person? distributing it? Exactly. Like, who is the person saying you have to share this with because it's not going to come naturally to people and that's not right even a part of it you know right. what i mean so <clears throat> yeah so yeah. anyway i mean i i just i feel like as a christian as with anything else we have a just a totally different view yes um and i would say like he he defines the problem really well um but he doesn't get far enough to the root because, of right. course, I believe the root is sin. Yes. And yes. that is never going to go away until Christ comes right. back. So uh -huh. um, so we will always, in my opinion, have trouble. We're not, there is no utopia. Exactly. We're never going to get to a place of this is 
a totally equitable society, justice yeah. for everyone, freedom for everyone, everyone gets the same, everyone, yeah. blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. that's just never going to happen. Now, does yeah. that mean that we don't try to create as much equity as we can to create, like, you know, situations where everyone has what they need and everyone, you know, like, no, well, of course not. Of right. course we still try to, you know, and I think be as, as equitable as Like we can. you said, as a Christian, our main like what we have been called to is to not show favoritism James talks about. Yes. And so we are also called to Jesus said you will always have the poor. So yep. that's always going to be an issue. However, how do we treat them? How do we provide right. for them? What is the church doing for right. those people? It's not the government. It's the church that needs to step up. And like we are called as Christians to be the light of the world. We are called to provide for those people. Yeah. And do we turn our face away from them or do we, you know, that's, that's what I kind of took away from it. Like we as the church need to step up. That is the solution. And like you said, it's always going to be because of sin. It is always going to be until our savior who is just and right and brings equality, you know, is reigning on this earth. But you know, what are we called to do as the church? We're called to not show favoritism and we're called to, to give and love and serve and yeah, yeah, take care of each other. Now, uh, the thing that irks me with that whole thing is like, you know, in acts when the church was started and everybody was giving and, Yes. Um, together as one people use that to say see that's how it's supposed to be and that irks yeah. me <laughs> because well I, the thing is they did that because that they that's how the spirit led them like right. that's how they felt the spirit led them and right. they wanted to yeah it was about so their hearts. when it's voluntary it was about the from, Holy spirit from the over- hearts yeah, from the overflow of your heart mm-hmm. and voluntary, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the ideal. That's yes. the utopia. Yes. But as fallen Christians, not all of us are going to voluntarily mm-hmm. give up everything, even though as Christians we should be willing to, because mm-hmm. don't we want to be willing to give up everything for Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the reality is, we're still living in this world, right? we're still, you know, we're still dealing in this, this system that is, is unequal and, um, to force people to give up their things. That's not right either. Right. And as a, as a part of this society, we are not all Christians, obviously. So, um, how can we expect non-Christians to do something that is for Christians. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, it definitely does. So it Um, just doesn't make sense to me that you would use that passage as a socialism point. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's taking out of context the whole book of Acts, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and Christ always called to a higher Christ always called to a higher thing. He talked about, you know, like if you lust after a woman in your heart, Mm -hmm. that's the same. You've already committed adultery in your heart. Mm -hmm. So he, Mm -hmm. so he always 
made the the goal even higher, the standard even higher. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, look, it's not good enough to have just externals. And so, you know, how, how, you know, if we as Christians are trying to follow Christ in order to attain the, the, the Holy Spirit, um, working to bring an overflow of the good from our hearts, mm-hmm. how could we possibly expect non-believers who exactly. don't even know Christ? You know, like, right. Right. that's, that that doesn't even, that, it's a stupid thing to even think that we could, you know, when I have right. trouble. Right, right. Um, staying in step with the Spirit. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so going anyway. back to Animal Farm, I feel like, Pretty much, okay, my issue with this book is, what is my issue? <laughs> that, that I just felt like I was not, like, it was neither here nor there, you know? It was like, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. this is how he feels about it. And maybe it just wasn't my style of writing. Maybe it was. And I do think he makes a good point that, like, anytime you have people who think they're going to, like, right all the wrongs, watch out. Yeah. Because because that is the direction that it will always go. Someone will always try to grab the power vacuum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There will always be someone more than willing to step into that, that vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it makes, that's, that's the big takeaway to me. Yeah. Is that anytime someone says, well, we're going to change things and make things just yeah. and right and right. Blah, 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 right. watch out. I mean, that's right. okay. You know, that's great that you want to do that, but, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not the so. first one who's tried it, sweetheart, you know, I mean, exactly. Anyway, so um, I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading a book right now and I told Laura about this a little bit, but I just started it. It's called. Mama Bear Apologetics, and uh, it's all about how we need to, our world is not um, automatically going to produce children that believe in Christ and follow Christ. Like, that is our job uh, to, you know, uh, help our children learn theology. And um, this morning I was reading... A chapter in that book and it was talking about discernment and uh I don't remember what you just said that made me think of that <laughs> oh just that, but, like anytime somebody comes along and says oh yes you yes. know hey we need to change this that and the other and I'll yeah. follow me I'm gonna do this that you know yeah um so okay she, you need some discernment there <laughs> yeah yeah so she was talking about how uh you can't just be like categorize things and say, oh, well, this show is bad. So let's not watch this show. Because when your kids grow up and they find something, she said that, you know, uh, this was a little convicting, that atheists aren't always 100% wrong and Christians aren't always 100% right. And I'm right paraphrasing it, but pretty much yeah. she's saying everybody has... There's no, like, black and white when it comes to, um, like, uh, 
this group has everything perfect. Like like we as Christians are not always going to be right. And something that an atheist says just because they're an atheist doesn't mean that we shouldn't question that. We should always question what we see and hear. And, you know, even if it's coming from a pastor, we need to be discerning. We need to. So don't shut out something just because we say it's bad. And she gave the example of a movie that was rated R. And she said, I don't try and stay away from all rated R movies because this movie that I watched that was rated R was about drugs. And after the movie, I got on my knees and said, thank you, Lord, for protecting me from, um, you know, th- from drugs and from not getting into that and for, you know, protecting me. Yeah. And yeah. And so you can get, I don't know if I'm explaining this, you know, in a good No, you way, definitely but... are. And it, I mean, I think it comes down to, this is something that they used to say at Mars a lot was all truth is God's truth. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just because an atheist says truth exactly. doesn't mean you negate it. Right. Right. You weigh, ev- you weigh everything by um, scripture. Yes. And by God, you know, yes. like it's all... Yeah, truth can come from anywhere. Yes, and learning it doesn't mean that that belongs to that person. Ourselves. It belongs to God. Yeah, and learning discernment for ourselves and then being able to teach it to other people is so important. So, like when yes. you look to a leader, like this book is doing, or to an organization, or to a group of people, whoever, and you say blindly, they can lead me, just because they're a Republican or just because they're a Democrat or just because they say they're a Christian or just because they're a pastor. Right. Not, not true at all. You have to be discerning and say, you have to hold it up to scripture and say, what does the Bible say about this? Not what does Becky say about this or what does. And that's, and that's not a one-time thing either. Right. You know, it's like basically everything. I mean, it's not like we have time to fact check every word that comes out of somebody's mouth. Right. But. You, 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 like, for instance, you said your pastor, if, if overall, most of what he's saying, you're not really finding in scripture, Mm -hmm. or if most of what he, you know, or, or whatever, that, you know, that you're going to have to call a spade a spade and say, I I don't feel like this is the way we need to be led, you know? Right. Um, so yeah. So discernment. Exactly. Yeah. And being mindful of what people are saying and not just taking it. Yes. You know, taking it blindly. Right. Just because it's who is saying it because of who is saying it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I thought that was kind of applicable, but I did think it was interesting too. um, the character Moses. Do you remember Moses? Yes. He's the raven. Uh huh. Um, so the character Moses, he's a raven, and he's not at the farm all the time. He kind of comes and goes. Yeah. And he'll just kind of come in and perch in there in the barn or whatever. And he basically, it's obvious that he's supposed to be the church, mm. or yeah, basically the church mm-hmm. or or religion in general, maybe yeah. even. Um, and he's always talking about this perfect farm that eventually you'll get to go to and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about this farm um, because, you know, eventually we're all going to go to this perfect farm. Mm. And so it's obviously a caricature. It's a right. very simplified, you know, thing. But 
There is some truth to it yes. in that um, we as Christians, I think, sometimes think we get a pass yeah. on having to be engaged with um, the world systems. Mm. And we think that we're allowed to just kind of, well, you know, I guess this isn't really equitable, but, eh, you, you know, it's, this isn't my, this world isn't my home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that that is valid. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we really need to check ourselves and say, look, no, we're still here. We're still right. in the battle. Right. We're still, uh, we have to stay engaged. We yeah. have to keep fighting the fight. We have to keep following Christ mm-hmm. and allowing him to lead us in that direction, wherever that is. And it mm-hmm. might not be like politics, but just, just, you know, however he wants us to affect the culture. Right. Um, on the other side of that, I think the statement is supposed to be basically like religion is a distraction from the real problem. Mm. Mm. I, I think he's making the statement of um, there is no God and people use God as a bludgeon to yeah. get what they want. Mm. Um, mm. And so that they don't, you know, so that we can keep everybody calm. So they'll do what I want them to do. Yeah. Huh. Um, and that side of it is absolutely false. Uh-huh. So, yep. you know, so there's, there's two sides of that, that I see. Yes. Um, and I really do. I don't think that's saying it too strongly. I really think he was trying to make the point of, that there is no God. So stop arguing about things that don't matter so that we can focus on the things that do matter. Mm. So, um, yeah, but, but, but on the, like I said, but on the other side, he's not wrong. If, if you take it in the sense of, um, you don't get a pass as a Christian for being engaged with society. Yeah. You're still in this world and you, God expects you to affect it because you're here. Yes. And to affect it for him. Yeah. For the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to make that little aside because yeah. Yeah. I do feel like he's really poking a sensitive spot there and trying to make a, a yeah. point. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I didn't pick up on all of that when I was reading it. So that's interesting that you pointed that out. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like I had to kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's yeah. definitely something yeah. there. Anyway, um, are you? Do you want to go ahead and do? Do you have anything else you wanted to discuss? I want to go ahead and do. <laughs> okay. Because I'm not gonna lie. I want to hear what else you've been reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Okay. So, are we doing ratings then? Yeah. 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 We can. Okay. Do the ratings. So fine. this is a hard one for me because I thought that the uh, the premise, the story, the um, allegory, you know, all of it was good, good, good. But I was just kind of bored. Like, okay, yeah, I, that's I just, and, and like you said, it was short. I liked that it was short and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was like, it's, it's neither here nor there. Like I have no, uh, really, I didn't love it. it I just didn't is. hate it. <laughs> it was just what it was. Yeah. So, um, I guess for the the story part of it, like the get to the meaning nitty gritty of it, I would give it a Javalia, which is a four. But when it comes to when it comes to like 
my personal feelings of it, I would probably give it a Duncan. Um, okay. Which is a two. So okay. I guess I can do a happy medium and do, um, you know, an eight o'clock, which is a three. Okay. I guess. I think that's being pretty generous for me. An eight o'clock. Hey, you can give it a Duncan if you're feeling Duncan. It's okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I would say eight o'clock, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's my... So a three. Three out of five. That's my... Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about you? Middle of the road, which sounds about right given what you were saying about it. It's neither here nor there. It's just yeah. Kinda... <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I had read it before. I yeah. read it in high school. I think high school. Um, you know, required reading kind of thing. And I yeah. don't know that I had read it since. So it had been a lot of years since I'd read it. I still okay. knew the premise. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I already knew going in that it's like, in my opinion, kind of like a political book. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of politics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Um, I don't like it because I'm a, like, people pleaser and everybody needs, everybody get along kind of person. I want everyone to not argue and, you know, like, that's yep. just my personality. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not a big politics person. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. So for me, I I like the simplicity of it and I like mm-hmm. the the fact that he really does manage to make some pretty strong points in a very short amount of yeah. time and with mm-hmm. very few, um, like it feels very pared down. Yeah. It feels very concise and only yes. the amount of characters that are needed and only right. the events that are needed. And, right. you know, so I, I enjoy that about it, that, it, that he gets across a really powerful point with so little, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it doesn't take away from the fact that to me, it still feels like a political book. So yeah. for me, yeah, I, I was kind of in the same place. I gave it a three. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those books where it, you feel like, yeah, everybody should read it because there is something right. there for everybody. Right. But am I going to recommend it as a great read? Right. You're going to love this and this is the most fun read ever. No. Right. No, but <laughs> I just keep I get going why it's on required to, reading. <laughs> yeah, I go. I keep going back to it. It would be a good book for high schoolers, you know. Like, yeah. Yep. To have discussions. Yes, and it explains, um, you know, the ideas behind a lot of concepts that they're mm-hmm. learning anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Um. So yeah. 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 So there it is. So good enough. Let's move on. Uh, so yeah. what are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So I told you Mama Bear Apologetics, which has been yes. so I'm, good. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm totally getting it. You need to. It's only, I don't remember the author, but it's only, I'm only on like the second chapter and it's just so good. And I've had people recommend it to me and I was like, I didn't really know what it was about, <clears throat> but it's pretty much just ch- training children and yourself to be discerning in our culture today and how to combat, um, you know, falsehood and be able to know what you really believe in. Um, so that's really good. And then I started, um, 
I also started a book called Ramblings on Rock Springs Road. It's by actually Micah's teacher, um, Gilbert Gordon. And it it's it's really well written. I have really enjoyed it so far. It's just his uh, kind of his memoir, you know, of growing up. Oh, and, cool. Uh, growing up on a century old farm and um, just, yeah, it, like takes you back to, you know, the the time of when life was like simple and but hard workers, you know, and it just yeah. tells the story of his family and. I, and the way that he writes is really well done. Um, so I've been enjoying that. And then last night, I just bought the book because I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Um, Moriarty by um, Horowitz. Nice. Uh, which you have been recommending to me. And I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Our library doesn't oh, own okay. it. Uh, I... Yeah, I've been looking at, like, used bookstores for a while and haven't been able to find it. So I'm excited to start that one, too. Nice. So, yeah. I think you'll like it. Yeah. 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 What about you? What have you been reading? Oh, my goodness. So I have kind of a long list. So (laughs) right now I am reading, it's actually another Anthony Horowitz. Okay. Um, It's called With a Mind to Kill. Okay. And it's... um, the latest in his, he's done maybe one or two, one, maybe other, um, James Bond novel. Oh. Um, and it's, it's an authorized, you know, it's an authorized huh. James or James Bond. Sorry about um, the ice. And I'm enjoying that. Sorry. So, oh, you're fine. <laughs> um, so, and I'm enjoying that because it's just very James Bondy. It's really, okay, it's fun. Cool. And then I'm also reading a book called From Jerusalem to Irinjaya. Okay. Which is a, it's pretty thick, but it's, um, so, which is why I'm kind of reading it on the side, sort of. But yeah. it's, um, it's basically just biographies of all of the major, um, missionary movements throughout history. Cool. And so it starts with, um, obviously the apostles. Yeah. And then works its way forward through history. Okay. And just lists all these different movements and then goes into specific missionaries and their their journeys hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, and it's just been really interesting. And I love that it's basically biographies, but also um, the author does a really good job, I think, of sort of, you know, kind of saying, like, they did a, this movement did a really great job in this area but maybe not such a great job in this area Mm -hmm. or that those kinds of things like oh they were really good with um you know sort of being bold about the message but maybe they weren't so good about being culturally sensitive and so Mm -hmm. they kind of hurt their chances a little bit or what you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing um which i think is really uh interesting to think about like you know different because you know yeah, there's there's so many different methods and 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 ways of going about it, and um, and so I I find it really interesting the way that she sort of talks about like you might you know gives an overview of sort of their approach. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I found that really interesting. Huh. Um, and then I've also just started another book called The Man from the Train, which is okay. a nonfiction. Okay. And it is about um, all of these, like, killings that happened mostly in the Midwest in the early, like, 1900s. Okay. And um, most of them were unsolved. 
Mm. Um, but this author like did massive research mm. um, on all different stuff, and he thinks that he knows who the killer was, oh. and he thinks it was a man that used the trains mm. to be able to get in and out of town really quickly. Huh. And so he'd hop on a train, go to the town that he wanted to find a person to, yeah. or a family or whatever, mm. do the thing, oh. hop on a train. Ugh. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> like, if you don't, um, you know, if you're not into that, I totally get it. Um, well, I, 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 there might be, there might yeah. be something wrong with my brain. Uh. But, um, <laughs> Don't no, worry, I'm not going to murder anybody. Yeah. No. Um, no, I told, I, you know, I enjoy. Like, I know, but for some people I know that yes. like, that would not be. And that's okay. If yeah. I, you know, I don't. It's funny because like I should, <laughs> Nathan shared that with somebody in our family. I think it was. And they were all freaked out. And I was like, I thought this was normal. Like I thought people were intrigued <laughs> by murder. I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that like not everyone is and there really probably is something wrong with my brain. But anyway. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't mean I want to murder people. Uh, right. No, um, just the, the mystery of like, just, how could people well, get and away the with unsolved this? And, and like, yeah. Like, yeah. But also so I just think it's brain. fascinating. Like, yes. How like they what's wrong with their and, brain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's anyway. wrong with their brain? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I need to know why they're like this. No. Um, so anyway, and then the last one that I just finished not too long ago was, and you've read it, but Where the Crawdads Sing. So, oh, yes. Um, How, what did you think I, of that? I really enjoyed it. I did, too. I did, yeah, too. I really, I knew I would because it's, like, tons of people have said, you know, yeah. like, it's really, really good. But, I didn't yeah, know if I, I would I really or not, but I ended up really, really liking it. Um, yeah, and I love the ending. So. Did you know that there's a movie coming out? Of that. No. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. it's supposed to come out sometime this year. I don't know when, but. Okay. No, I'll have to check that out when it comes yes, out. Yes, definitely. Maybe I could go, like, maybe we could do, like, a date night or something. Yeah, that'd um, be fun. I, yeah. yeah. Um, so those also, are the main ones that recently. Oh, and then I just bought one that I haven't read yet, but I'm okay. going to be reading it. Um, it's called About Grace, and it's okay. by um, the same author. It's Anthony Doerr, who did... Um, all the light we cannot see. And oh. then there was that other one, which you didn't really particularly yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this one, the premise is that um, there's this guy who keeps having this recurring dream that his daughter is going to die and he mm. sees it happen and everything in the dream. Aww. And so he's like on this journey to try to like save his daughter from this thing happening to her. But in the meantime, he somehow gets these premonitions of what's going to happen. Mm. Like, in the near future. So like, he'll yeah. tell people like, Hey, watch that stuff. You're about to trip. And they're like, what? And they oh. trip, you know, like, oh. or whatever, you know? Huh. Like, so he gets these like premonitions that are like yeah. really a lot closer too. Oh. So, okay. um, I just thought it sounded interesting. Yeah. So yeah. You have so to tell like me on this if you, journey. If you yeah. like it. I, yeah. Um, I'll have to let you know. So I know that you have been going through the book of Mark um, yes. And we actually, in our small group, just started Hebrews. So I was just curious oh, if nice. you, uh, you know, what you've been learning lately yes. from that book. Oh, my gosh. So much. I love, I have mm. loved going through the Book of Mark. We did it um, in, like, small groups at church on Wednesday night. And yeah. then the big group would meet, like, maybe once a month to discuss what, okay. what all the groups had been talking about. Okay. Um, so it was, like, three or four ladies in my group 
amazing Christian ladies who are just like, most of them were older, a little bit older. Love and so it. I just, I loved it. Yes. This is exactly what I'd been looking for my whole life. Like I've Aww. always wanted to have a group of older women yes. who could yes. mentor me and, yes. you know, speak into my life. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what it was. But anyway, so Mark, the, one of my biggest takeaways was just the emotion behind it. Cause it's so it's stark. Like he mm. just gives the bare bones of things. But I mean, when you actually take it chapter by chapter for mm. like a week, a chapter a week. Yeah. Um, and then get together as a group and talk about it. And then like by the end, it's like walking towards the cross and everything. Like it just gets so heavy, like, cause mm-hmm. you know, it's coming and right. like, it just, it was an amazing experience. But anyway, um, one of the big things that I think I learned just as far as like knowledge wise, I, and there was tons. Mm. It, it always amazes me how much you can take away, even after having read the Gospels your whole life. Mm. But um, one of the things that I, I really learned that I had never seen before was how when Jesus um, came to... Do you remember when Jesus went to the temple and before he goes there, he sees this fig tree that doesn't have yes. fruit? Yeah. And he, he curses it. Yeah. And he says, may you never bear fruit again. Yeah. And then he gets to the temple and he cleared, like he, it's, you know, a lot of times the heading will be the, he cleanses the temple, the cleansing of the temple. Yes. Um, And then he goes back out and that fig tree is withered. Mm -hmm. Never understood that before in my life. Didn't Mm -hmm. get the point. I thought I did, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. So um, basically I always thought that when Jesus went in and cleared that temple out, he was saying like, you guys are wheeling and dealing in the temple and you shouldn't be doing that. This is a house of prayer. Mm. Well, what he actually says is that you've made my house a den of thieves. Mm -hmm. Those are the words he uses. Mm -hmm. And so at that time you would, those people would have known what that meant. Mm -hmm. So a den of thieves, if you're in your den, that's not where you're robbing people. That's where you go to plan your schemes. Mm. That's where you go to reconnect with the cohort of mm-hmm. people who are plotting. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he's saying is, and there's connections to other scriptures in there that yeah. that they would have known immediately. The, the, his audience would have been like, oh, he's talking about, I think it was somewhere in Isaiah or something like that. Okay. Um, where God calls, says they're, you know, they're a den of thieves. Um, and that passage is talking about how, Basically, the Israelites felt like they were safe because mm-hmm. they had the temple, because God mm-hmm. wouldn't destroy the temple. That's where he dwells. Mm-hmm. So God's not going to punish his own temple. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to do anything to his own temple. Right. So they felt like as long as they were, they had a temple and were in their temple and going to their temple, they were safe, mm-hmm. even though they did whatever they wanted outside those doors mm-hmm. and even inside those doors. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus is actually doing when he clears that temple is he is cursing the temple. He's mm. saying, I, this practice is over. We're mm. done with these sacrifices. Hmm. I'm about to die and be the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. You do, we don't need this system anymore. And you abused it anyway. Wow. And it's over. Hmm. He was cursing the temple. Hmm. He wasn't just saying, you shouldn't do this or that. Right. Or you shouldn't, you know, no, he right. was saying we're, it's done. It's over. Interesting. So the fig tree was the representation of mm-hmm. the temple. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. 
And I'd never seen that before. And I love it because I had always kind of questioned like, well, what do I say to like Jewish people who say like, mm. God gave us the system. He He's the right. one who set right. out what we need to do. And, and you Christians think you can just abandon that. Well, God mm. gave it to us. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then he took it away. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Like, they don't believe that, you know, I know they don't believe that Jesus has the authority to do that. Right. Um, but I do. So exactly. I finally right. felt like I understand, like, how how we have a footing to be able to say the temple is no longer yeah. um, the center of things. It's yeah. not, there. there's no, sacri- you know, there's, you don't need to try to get the temple back so you can make sacrifices. Right. Like, we're done with that. Huh. So anyway, so sorry, that was a really long explanation. No, that was really it good. Yeah. Hit me right in the face and I was like, that yeah. is so wow. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. I love how God's word is living and active and Yes. You, like yeah. you said, you could read it and read it and read it and then find something new or have discussions and realize new yes. things about it all yep. the time. Yeah. As you're learning so, and growing. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So what about you? Well, we just started Hebrews. Um, So this week, uh, last week we read first Hebrews. This week on our own, we're reading second and third Hebrews. And um, I just decided that I was going to read it every day, um, just again and again. Um, Nice. And so today I actually read it from the NIV. I have been reading it from a different version. And um, it's my old tried and true Bible that has all my notes in it where I can't, you know, I can't necessarily read (laughs) some of the words because I've written over them so much. Um, (laughs) So I don't always use that Bible, but um, I just got a lot out of it today. And I'm excited to discuss it with my group because that's um, awesome. I just, I love like you know, discussions about, um, scripture, but, uh, so I was, you know, the whole basis of Hebrews is like, uh, trying to help the, the Jewish Christians realize that (laughs) Jesus was greater than Yes. Dot, dot, dot. Like Jesus was greater than Moses. Yeah, Jesus greater was than greater, Moses. Greater than Abraham. Greater than greater the priests. The... You know, um, Great. greater than the angels. Um yes. So the second and third is talking about. Well, the second is talking about Moses. Um, okay. Yep. And um, just how he talks about the author talks about like uh, looking back at the Israelites and how they. Um, they got their word from, so the angels delivered the word to Moses on Mount Sinai and um, how much greater is the message from the lips of God, you know, from Jesus. And uh, you don't have to fall back on that uh, uh, story of Moses and the Israelites because look, they Mm -hmm. turned away from, um, from that and they were destroyed. And, you know, it yeah. kind of reminded me of um, the fact that just because we are Christians doesn't mean that we, first of all, that we shouldn't be contending for the faith. And second of all, know the scripture well enough to know, um, like, we have to be on our guard and we have to have the anchor of yeah. the knowledge of 
the wisdom of God in our hearts. Yep. Um, and just the, imp- I guess, just the importance of that anchor um, yes. and not relying on kind of what I said before in the podcast, like not relying on other people and yeah. um, their words and their their you know, beliefs or whatever, and yeah. having the anchor of Jesus Christ. And also, I, I've, the concept of contending for your faith has come up a lot in mm. just my studies lately. And yeah. I just think it's such, for some reason, God is pointing that out a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, contend for the faith, contend for the faith with, uh, with love and truth. Yeah. Um, so that's just been, you know, something on my heart. So obviously I'm going to see that, you know, and yeah. in a lot of scripture. So I just, I just feel like that was a, like reiterating just, you know, how Jesus is more than, and he is the ultimate and he is enough. And yep. this is what you need to contend for. This is what you yep. need to put your faith and trust and hope in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just hear through that entire thing. It's so interesting. You say like whatever you're kind of God's leading you to or you're hearing, you read it into stuff, which I think is from the Holy spirit, but I was just hearing, um, every iteration of what I was talking about in Mark too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just because you like, you think you're safe from judgment because you're in the temple. Um, so if God judged the entire temple system and said, we're done with that. Do you think yeah. he has any problem like judging a Christian who thinks that they're okay exactly. because X, Y, Z. Exactly. Um, like no, the like, Israelites we need to be in Christ in desert. every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. The Israelites um, so, are God's chosen people and they yep. wandered in the desert for 40 years. Why would I think that just because I'm a Christian that I have a pass and I don't have to, Right. Stand up for what is right. Contend for yep. the faith. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He, Christ negated the entire sacrificial system. Mm. And so he's greater than that. Mm-hmm. He's great. You know, mm-hmm. um, he has author- the authority to do that because he's greater than that. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Anyway, um, yeah. that's awesome. I love it. I'm yeah. so excited for you because this last you know, 16 weeks or whatever it's been has been amazing. Yeah. We actually just finished a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that's over for now, but, okay. um, they're trying to, at our church, they're making their, this is kind of a, um, it was kind of a blueprint for where they're going to be going. Like they want to continue mm. this and okay. try to get everybody involved yeah. in, um, this kind of discipleship, mm. um, so that everybody feels like they, are speak being spoken into and speaking into cool. other Christians. See so, that, and that's also um, something that's been on my heart, like discipleship. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, you know, with all the heavy news and stuff that's been happening. Yeah, um, I read a statistic, and I don't remember it, but it was saying that um, that people, children need at least five adults in their life that they feel safe going to, um, in order to have like a stable, you know, upbringing. And I, I immediately thought, am I one of the five for somebody, you know, and, and is the church doing that? Are we, are we raising our children to be discipled and to be disciples? Um, And, you know, I think that's where we're falling short a lot of the time. And so how am I a part of the solution? 
Yep. Um, I love it. So. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. Yeah. Um, Who knew animal farm I love farm hearing. Could, <laughs> I, I know. It. I'm not well, going to. I'm animal not. Farm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to contribute to animal farm. <laughs> That was just the part we had to get through so we could talk about the stuff we wanted to talk about. No, Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we got to talk about all that. Yeah. So do you want to tell about um, yeah the next book? Our next book for next month actually is um, Emma, and that is one of the Jane Austen books that I have not read. So I'm so excited for you. Yes. I know. I don't know why I haven't read it because I think I've read, I mean, I've read a lot of her, her other stuff. So, um, so I'm, I'm excited to read this one. So, um, we hope that you will join us for our next discussion on grounds for discussion, uh, where the books and the coffee are a perfect blend.